SQL Down Under is a podcast for professionals working in the SQL Server community. SQL Server is a trademark of Microsoft Corporation. Opinions expressed in the podcast are individual opinions and might not reflect the opinions of SQL Down Under or of Microsoft Corporation. Introducing show 77 with guest Rob Sewell. Our guest today is Rob Sewell. He's a cloud and data center management MVP and a passionate automator. Rob's a keen community contributor based in the UK, an event organizer, speaker, and open source contributor. So welcome, Rob. Hello, welcome. Lovely to speak to you. Indeed, thank you. And so what I get everyone to do first up when they're on the show is tell me how you ever came to be involved with SQL Server at all in the first place. So the reason I'm with SQL Server is uh, literally because somebody asked me to. <laughs> so that's this is quite a dull story because somebody went, well, do you want to work as the DBA? And I went, yeah, okay. And, mm. and then we did it. But but actually, a more interesting story, I think, for your listeners is, is how I ended up working with data in the first place or where my mm-hmm. interest for data came from. So I, I used to work with... Um, insecure units where we uh, cared for people with um, challenging behavior and learning difficulties normally autism but but not always mm-hmm. um, and these were people who were very very severely challenging and needed uh, an awful lot of personal attention and there was a lot of you know a lot of restraint so it was secure hospital trained as a restrainer and um, a lot of physical work involved there but we we were moving people out of these big locked institutions into um, homes in in the community Um, and when you bring a new person into one of these environments it disrupts the whole uh, the whole feeling and uh, some of my staff members were getting sort of quite upset about this there was going to be a new person coming it was going to get get quite challenging and that was the first time I sat down with uh, I think what is the world's greatest um, database or storer of data Microsoft Excel mm. and in 1990 whenever it was I sat down with Excel and I I plotted out the number of what we called incidents um, against the year and the number of words or phrases that this person could communicate and and I went and sat down with the staff and I said look I know you you know I know you're struggling and, and you're worried about this but have a look at this this is the number of instances 300 or something a month that we had when this person arrived and now 12 14 months later we're down to three or six or something around that sort of number mm. but look look at the numbers of words that this guy can now communicate he's gone from maybe 10 or 15 up to 400 450 and look at how these graphs are working and this is what we've done this is how brilliant we've been and this is what you guys have done with your, your consistency and your way of working and i know it's going to be hard but let's look at this this real 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 uh, success story that we've got here mm. 
Mm. And building graphs and taking that data and put it in. And that's literally where I started um, getting involved with, with data, which led to me being the guy who does computers, mm-hmm. to fixing your friend's computers, to taking it on as a job and going and working you know, with small companies, to here. You know where I am now. I'm, you know, mm. Fantastic. Um, fantastic. And why, why SQL Server rather than something else? What led to that? Literally, the, because somebody asked me to. I was Good. I was sat sat working to the second second and a half to the line work, and somebody said, "Come and do this." And I and I mm. actually started as a as an Oracle DBA for six weeks, um, and then ended up. Um, sat next to a guy called Andrew Prusky, who mm. may know as DBA from the cold, yeah. a man who does, does containers. Um, and he really taught me, he taught me a lot about SQL Server because I was brand new and he knew some stuff, but also he, he taught me how to learn and the passion and, and the places to go. And, and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that from, from there, both of us have traversed our various careers and, and moved forward. And now both of us are MVPs and, and speakers. Mm. No, wonderful. No, that's great. And so listen, the thing that uh, it, uh, is the, one of the topics I really wanted to talk about today, of course, is you have a new book out uh, on Learn DBA Tools and a Month of Lunches. And so... Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity to have a discussion about DBA tools. And so uh, Chrissy Lemaire um, started those, I suppose we'd say, historically. Um, but you seem to be the primary advocate for them at the moment. So uh, so tell us the story of DBA tools. So, yes, yeah, um, advocate is a great way. I like, I like to say that I'm the evangelist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and realistically these days, I think... I don't really need to do that anymore. I think so many people write blogs and talk and um, make great presentations about DBA tools that mm. uh, in some ways it feels a bit like, you know, my work here is done. Yeah, for, uh, but for someone, done. there's still more people to come to it. So for someone of who's course. coming to it from scratch, so tell us the DBA tools story. So the DBA tools stories, DBA tools stories is a wonderful story of, somebody starting and looking for I want to migrate some databases mm-hmm. so in, in July in 2014 Chrissy Lemaire was working wherever she was working and one of her responsibilities was to look after SharePoint and she had to migrate it to um, a new SQL instance and being a person who was interested in scripting and automation she thought, well, I'm going to automate this because, you know, SharePoint's got a whole bundle of fun with its databases and database names and, you know, everything needs to be mm. in a certain way. So I, she looked online and went to see, well, is there, is there somewhere, somebody must have done this. Other people must have done this already. It must be out there. And no, nothing. She found nothing. Mm. So being the amazing bundle of energy that she is, she wrote um, a PowerShell script. She was um, an early adopter of PowerShell. She she enjoyed it very much. And so she started working, writing a script, and she published it on Microsoft Script Center. And in fact, it's it's actually still there if you, if you went and had a look. Mm. Um, and over the next 
couple of years she added a few bits and bobs to it and um, and she talked about it and she talked with with other people <clears throat> and then in june of 2016 um after some discussion with uh, with lee holmes from from who used to be microsoft powershell team he's, he's moved on now mm. um and he said publish this on github and she said but it's not ready he said no no Let's just publish it on, on GitHub and it will get ready. Let's go. So she published it to um, GitHub and asked for contributions. And uh, Claudia Silva came and wrote um, expand SQL T-log responsibly, mm -hmm. uh, which was the first community contribution. And then I wrote um, restore DBA database safely. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, sorry. Remove DBA database safely. Mm -hmm. And um, that got added on. So that's June 2016. And the other thing we did in June 2016 was Christy and I started the SQL Community Slack channel. And we started this because we wanted to have a place to communicate about DBA tools. And we were very much trying to help um, Microsoft with the SQL Server module as well. And uh, creating places for them to be able to see what it was that people wanted and aid their development. Um, and it very quickly became more than just some place for DBA tools. Um, it very much now is just a place where all members of the SQL community can go and find people to talk about 24 seven, anything to do with data platform. There's hundreds of channels in there talking about things that I have no idea about. <laughs> And then we we bundled along for six months and we, we had more contributors coming through and we were beginning to um, look at what it was we needed to get a little bit more organized. And the first, and, and sorry, it wasn't the first, but in January 2017, we had 32 contrib contributors. And um, Chrissy said, what we're going to do is we're going to try um, and make 1.0 so we're going to start this road to 1.0 and she quoted we expect that the code freeze will take about two months mm -hmm. that was january 2017 we'll hold that date in our little heads for for a moment or three <laughs> uh in march of 2018 we went to a mit license so mit license enables anybody to make use of the code that's available um within dba tools and and brings us much more in line with with open source um mm. projects and in june this year so june 2019 a mere 18 months after we'd said it would take us two months to get there we released <laughs> dba tools yeah. 1.0 and dba tools 1.0 meant that we had standardized all of the things that we had to do with DBA tools. There's 176 people contributing. So 176 mm -hmm. people have joined the community, have um, chosen to write some code or, or add some documentation or help with QA and CICD and DevOps and all of these things. 15,000 commits, um, nearly 400,000 lines of code, um, nearly half a million downloads in the parachute gallery those are all uh, figures from from last year and now we've got dba tools and you're going to say rob you haven't actually said what dba tools is yet 
And that's because I wanted you to understand this whole journey of where we've come and how it's been all open source, people volunteering, helped out entirely by the community. DBA Tools is a PowerShell module which enables you to administer your SQL Server. It's got over 500 commands that you can use to do things that you do with SQL Server, whether it's restoring databases and backing them up to dealing with logins and credentials and migrations. And the beauty of it is, is that now with all of these people and with all of these downloads, it's been thoroughly used out in the wide world. Um, and we have a, a fairly robust CI CD process um, enabling us to release quickly since the June 2019 when we went to 1.0 we've released 75 more versions of DBA tools mm -hmm. so that shows you the capability of us to keep on releasing and, and improving and how the community have um, taken this to their heart and and really helped it to to become something amazing. There's an amazing number of people who have made this whole thing happen. Yeah, it certainly it seems quite amazing. The uh, uh, one thing I suppose you mentioned, you've got a good CI, I suppose I should say, continuous integration, continuous deployment process. And what about um, integrated testing of that? Because if you're doing a lot of releases, uh, then usually that means an awful lot of automated testing as well. Oh boy. So this is, this is one of the things I loved. So, um, I really love Pester and mm -hmm. Pester is a PowerShell module and it's designed for unit testing. Um, so it's to make sure that the code that you write is doing what you expect it to do. And you, you get into things like mocking and assertions mm -hmm. and all of this good stuff. I always say to people, anything that you can get with PowerShell, you can test with Pester. Mm -hmm. And that includes the results of anything to do with the SQL Server, because we know how to get these, these, you know, this data out of the SQL Server. So what happens when um, a pull request is made and the merge is made into the branch that's going to be released for DBA tools is that the whole bundle of tests, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but a whole bundle of tests start running. And some of them are unit tests to make sure the code is doing what we expect it, to make sure parameters are named in the same way. So one of the things with 1.0 was that some people used SQL Server, some people use SQL Instance. The SQL Server module uses Server Instance, so some people had used that. Yeah. So immediately you've got three or four different names just for our instance. So we have to standardize that. Look, so even, uh, even just myself, where uh, when we were building our SDU tools, which are the, the set of T-SQL tools, if people haven't come across those, um, again, just, yeah, trying to make sure you standardize the naming of parameters and things is quite a challenge. Even, I can, I can tell you, even just with myself, uh, yes. let alone uh, and when you have a significant number of people contributing to that. Yeah. Uh, one, so, one other challenge, of course, is uh, I find is testing in different environments. Uh, in our case, I make sure we test from 2008 forward, but also try and test with things like uh, case-sensitive collations as well. Um, do you know if you're testing with those? 
So yeah, the, the, the that that was just the the unit testing part, part mm. of the, the the game, and the other part of the unit testing was making sure that we have good help with all of our PowerShell commands. So that means that in PowerShell you can actually type get dash help mm. and the name of the command, and you will get back the help to help you understand yeah. how to use it. And we've got a unit test to make sure that that happens. Mm. Now, when it comes to actually that's so very good. We've got our code, but we now we want to run it against a, a, a SQL instance. And and Chrissy took a long time to understand why unit tests were important. She loves integration tests. She's much happier with knowing that something happens actually on a SQL instance. So she says, otherwise, how do I know it's worked? And mm-hmm. in, in some ways, I, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Um, so we're we're very lucky in that um, the folk at Data Masterminds, so William, Ilko, and Andre have paid for an upgrade to AppFair. Mm-hmm. So after we've passed our unit tests with the code that will then go into AppFair, and AppFair allows you to spin up versions of SQL Server on the um, on the the agent machine that you're running your tests on. Mm. So we can actually run a test on a instance of SQL Server that is testing that if we migrate databases from A to B, do they go from A to B? Mm. Um, now, not everything that everybody's going to do is ever going to be tested, but a lot of it is. Yeah. And on top of that, we also have um, a lab that we host that's got various other versions of um, SQL various other types of you know SQL installations or sort of clusters or multiple instances those sort of um, environments where we can also run excuse me where we can also run either um, integration tests or you know just bug fixing things like mm. this we aim for DBA tools to be support to support from SQL 2000 up to whatever comes next mm-hmm. That's good value, actually, because uh, I, I can tell you I made a conscious decision with SDU Tools to uh, to start with 2008 and, and roll forward, I think, yeah. And uh, go, going back to the earlier ones, there's, there's certainly potentially some challenges there. I think... I, I, with T-SQL, I can I can totally understand mm. this. It, there's a there's a there's a there's going to be forks within your code where you're going to be going. Well, if I'm this version, do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah, version, yeah. Do that. Whereas mm. we're quite lucky because we interact with SQL Server via SMO, so SQL mm. Management Objects, which shields okay. you a lot from it. Yeah, yeah. If we've if we've got those methods and those properties available to us, if it's if it runs different T SQL on SQL 2000 than it does mm. on 2008, SMO takes care of that for us. Mm. It, it, it adds in some other complexities and some other difficulties for sure, yep. but it, um, it, it saves us from, from some of those other bits. Mm. And so in terms of installation, installation is pretty simple. Absolutely. As with every PowerShell module that you're ever going to install from now to the future, you install it from the PowerShell gallery and you type mm-hmm. the word install dash module space DBA tools. Yeah. And what you'll find is that that will work or you might get a bit of text going, oh, you've got to be an administrator to do that. Mm-hmm. In which case, either start your PowerShell session as an administrator and install the module for everybody on the machine, 
Or yep. if you can't do that, or you don't want to do that, then you, after DBA tools, you put space, dash scope, and then space, current to user. And those mm -hmm. will tab to be uh, completed for anybody that's, that's new to PowerShell. And then that was going to install it just in your uh, local user profile in, in the documents, PowerShell modules folder, and make it available only to yourself. Yep. Now, if you just go to dbatools.io, there are other ways and means of installing um, DBA tools. But that, that's going to be the one that the majority of people are going to use. Hmm. Excellent. Now, most of the tools uh, end up using the local PowerShell. Uh, there's some that use remoting from memory. Um, in, in, yes. I mean, in general, everything is going to run on the box that you are running your, um, your commands on. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, as a, as a DBA, one of the things you're going to want to be doing is scheduling these automated tasks to take away even more of your pain and you're going to want to do it on your um, SQL server via the via an agent job because mm. it makes sense to us as DBAs and you're going to click on the steps and you're going to look at that step that says PowerShell and you're going to think well I'm running some PowerShell I'm going to use that PowerShell step <laughs> please don't do that mm -hmm. what you need to do is go dbatools.io slash agent and follow the steps it says there as to how to run PowerShell in a SQL agent step. These are steps that, um, especially myself, I've been doing for nine years and we finally sort of tweaked and made it the way that we, we think works the best for, for everybody. Hmm. Hi, this is Greg. Just wanted to thank you for listening to this show and let you know that if you'd like to let me teach you more about SQL Server, we now have both free courses and low-cost courses available online and on demand. The courses include detailed hands-on lab work for you to complete to reinforce your learning, and there are more courses coming in the next few months. You'll find details at training.sqldownunder.com. What are the main lessons you learned with that? Uh, not to use the PowerShell step. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quite literally, burn it, mm. burn it, burn it, burn it. And I know that's it's not something that, that can be done because of the way it's embedded in a lot of things. Um, oh, and look, backwards compatibility. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah. I, I always feel sorry for the SQL Server team, you know, in a lot of ways is that, you know, they're trying to support things backwards for so long. It in some ways sort of stymies your ability to, to do things going forward. I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit like I'm not a fan of the money data type, you know, but when people <laughs> think they need to store, you know, things about money, they look and there's a data type called money. They think, Oh, well, that'll be the right one. No, but, That's uh, obviously but, the one to put it in. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously the one. Yeah. And so I don't blame them for choosing that given that. And, but then you look at the team and, you know, they can't really make it go away either. Yeah, so so because so many people use it, and so the question is, how do you ever resolve or fix those things? I I, I don't know. You know, uh, where the development tools uh, teams, you know, they seem to be able to just trash and redo all of the things they use in frameworks and everything like on a regular basis. You know? uh, in fact, um, I was I hadn't uh, been using Visual Studio 2019 on my main production machine until yesterday. I sort of pulled that on there and. But it's like every time I put a new version of Visual Studio on, 
I then sort of shudder and think, you know, when I open up all the projects I already have, mm-hmm. like what's going to happen? You know, <laughs> I, 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 and, and invariably there's stuff I've got to fix on existing projects and things because just stuff has changed. You know, it, it's yeah. a real testament to SQL Server that, you know, you pretty much can open up your 2000 stuff and almost everything is going to be identical. Yeah. Yep, uh, it's uh, that pain with Visual Studio when when you know somebody says, "Oh, this is broken." You go, "Oh, great!" And you open up your Visual Studio and you you go to that solution, and then you know all of a sudden it's like, "Oh no, I'm upgrading this." You know, oh, no, no, stop. Yeah, 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 exactly. And <laughs> or, oh, or, that framework you're not using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what the one that you were using last week. Yeah, now you yeah, need to be yeah. using this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's all all that fun, all that fun and games. No, it, it's it's. It's interesting as a as an open source module maintainer mm. how you learn about these things and and the, the ways that people do things that you don't quite expect. All you know the you know the fact that um, we we would check the first time we we had a command that checked for the power plant. Mm-hmm. So SQL Server should be running um, with a performance power plan. Yeah, like plan. a high performance thing. Yeah. High performance. Yeah, not running so, on some battery saver mode or something. Yep. Yeah. So, mm. so we've got a uh, we've got a couple of commands for that. So you can get to the power plan, see what it is, or you can test for it to make sure mm-hmm. it's high performance. Well, testing for it's all very well and good if you're testing for high performance when you're a US English or UK English or Australian English person. You, you're going to find that your server is going to have a high performance um, power plan that's called mm. high performance. High performance, yeah. In German, on a German machine, it's called something completely different. Yeah. And suddenly we're like, they were like, this doesn't work for us. It fails, but it's definitely on high performance. And look, it's on mm. high performance. And we looked at it and went, that's German. <laughs> uh, does that say high performance okay right and uh, yeah, then you've got to go back into you know into the code and work out you know do you do you look for an id on that property that's right yes yeah. so is, is there it really should be an id or something rather than the string yeah, yeah so yeah, fine. and and those sort of things are you know really interesting um but we're only on that that sort of scale and there's an open source you know, maintainer in general, people are quite happy with, you know, yeah, somebody will fix it when they come to, to do it. If, if you're mm-hmm. looking after a product like, like SQL Server or Microsoft Excel, you know, crikey, you know, <laughs> something like that, where if, you know, you, you need to make sure that your code works for every version for the last 30 years or, or yeah. maybe work. It doesn't and break I think something. people don't understand the scope of the testing required for, a product like that. Like I hear people all the time say, you know, can't you put, just put a switch in for this or can't you just put a switch in for that? And you think, Oh my goodness, you know, like exactly that, you know, by the time they test all the different additions of the product and then all the language skews and things like, Oh, you know, like, I mean, anything that you do that increases the test matrix must just blow out the testing at the back end. Like unbelievable. I mean, 
the 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 testing for SQL Server. I've I've, I've heard a couple of uh, presentations about it, and it is insane. It's mm. fascinating. It's amazing. You know, can you imagine? You got a test from you know what running on ARM processors now, mm. you know, tiny little Express instances up to what's what's the biggest SQL instance you've ever seen? Oh, most mostly at uh, actually some in the UK. Uh, curiously, the uh, uh, tend to be some of the largest I've worked with. Uh, they tend to be like retirement funds and things like that, and uh, which which also always fascinates me here in Australia. It's superannuation funds, but um, the the beauty I love about those sort of companies is uh, almost no matter how badly they're run, the money keeps coming in, um, and and <laughs> it's like what what who has an industry like that, right? And and yep. uh, uh, it, it's just staggering. But yeah, I was on a call to. One in the UK, I remember last year, and uh, you know, they were discussing uh, buying these IBM, uh, there were 20 terabyte flash SANs, and they were, I think, 1.3 million UK pounds each. Uh, and, and they were discussing whether to buy six or eight per <laughs> environment, right? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's uh, out of the... Uh, cost ballpark for uh, most clients uh, in terms of storage. Yeah, yeah, I did. it is. It's amazing. When and you know you've got to you know you've got to make your product work on, you know. So you got to test that your product works on on you know everything from tiny up to those mm. big ones. It's, then, it's a real then, challenge actually, uh, as well because the uh, the the size of what's happening there and and the way that everything is sort of. Uh, even the, how we use the hardware is sort of changing substantially now where really we're sort of presuming you're going to have, you know, a large amount of CPU really. And, and they're presuming you'll have a very large amount of memory, which most customers still don't have. Uh, but I can see that still as a direction as to where this, this will all head. But with something like SQL Server 2019, they've got the initial support for, persistent memory and you look at that and go well you know how many assumptions did they make in the design of SQL Server that was based on basically PCs with little attached spinning drives you know and and like you know how valid are those uh, assumptions now by the time you get to the later stuff and yeah I can see I mean the product needs to evolve significantly really to support properly uh, a lot of those devices. It is. It's a. It's a. It must be a fascinating, you know, place to be to be involved in 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 thinking about all of these different things that that, that people use SQL mm. Server for. I mean, you know, you 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 talk to to different people sort of in the community, you know, in in the hallway track at an event, or you know, those people that you that you're working with, and you find that they have very not not very, but they have narrow ideas on on you know what a SQL Server is for, what you use a SQL Server for, how big an expected SQL Server is, mm. and then you go and have a look at the SQL servers in the world, in the wild, and see where they where they are, and it's 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 astonishing the different. Hmm. different ways and sizes that they use you know you put you can put sql server in a container um chuck a you know chuck a DAC pack at it to make sure that you know your code's going to deploy and run some unit tests and then throw it away and it you know it, hmm. it exists for 
uh, 30 minutes max mm. you know, or you've got um you know did uh, did a pre-con and we you know played the game of going back through the versions and got back to somebody who's on version 6.3 and i said whoa 6.3 what, hmm. what is this system that you people people Later. don't understand how people get stuck on that sort of thing but uh i remember i was at a a company uh here in australia it was only about five years back uh and they had 300 servers that were still on 6.5 I remember sort of thinking, wow, like, how does that happen? And, and then they explained to me how they were upgrading them, but it was taking nearly a week to do each one. And they had 300 more to do. Yeah. And, and you just think, oh, <laughs> you know, so, so I, I kind of know what they were doing for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the problem is, that, you know, back in those versions, like every, in their case, like every single one of these had been slightly modified, had slightly different versions of the code and things like that. And they were trying to, you know, like every one was a project to, to bring it forward. It wasn't just some sort of, you know, import the data and you'll be okay. You know, it was, it was really a case of reworking it. And this is a, a thing I, I think one of the real challenges with uh, things like access and stuff, you, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, I did some work with a company here that uh, repairs military aircraft and they like mm -hmm. had an access database and they had it in like every de uh, depot all, all around mm -hmm. the country. But again, every single version of it was modified. And then it was like, let's bring it all into a single SQL server app. But, but what do you do with, you know, all those detailed modifications that have happened on every one of the ones that's out there. And yeah, there's just no consistency. And so, yeah, they, so these guys had the same problem with uh, 6.5, but you know, on a serious scale. Yeah. So yeah. you just now, the other challenge I imagine is it must be pretty hard to employ people who would want to do that job anyway. Yeah, and, and and who knows about all of those foibles that you had with you know with with those old versions, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, a few of us still do, but but yeah, yeah, it is it is a real challenge. It's like how do you find people to work on it? And it's one of the things actually I find interesting when I have uh, been involved in many military things around the world. It, it's it's sort of interesting that people think, oh, it'll all be cutting edge, but often it's not. <laughs> it's, much of it is really, really old stuff. And and one of the challenges things like the military will have is that they'll they need to be retraining people every few years on really, really old stuff. You know, in in many cases, and yeah, it's a significant challenge. Uh, yeah, the the, um, the 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 place where I was asked, you know, would you like to be a SQL DBA was uh, was was military, hmm. and and you know some of the things that you saw in there. You know, I'd, the other the other thing that I looked after was um, was an ingress database, and the 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 manual for it that was you know graciously passed to me and sat on my desk was published in 1984 for the yeah. version of ingress that we were yep. using yep there you go <laughs> and and you just had to to, to get on and, and 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 work with it it's, mm. you know and there's there's numerous you know because we had ingress specialists come through to 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 help us with with stuff because they knew about it and we didn't um, and and they were saying, yeah, there's even older versions of that out in you know some 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 major 
major systems for for looking after the infrastructure of you know of your country <laughs> it's like wow. it's amazing actually uh, i think the worst code i've ever had to work on uh was some stuff for a machine that used to process lotteries uh actual physical coupons back in the Queensland and I remember it was all in assembly language and uh, machine code and and a heavily commented section had like one comment every two pages you know and and the beautiful thing was it was in Swedish and, and they gave me a dictionary as well so I was like thanks <laughs> you know that was just a, a, thing, a thing of beauty but listen anyway so with uh, so with DBA tools uh, you've also got some support for the clients then running on different operating systems as well. So it's not just Windows. Um, well, PowerShell gives us, gives us that in, in, in its entirety. So mm. be, because it's, it started as a migration tool, that's why we go back to SQL 2000. And because that's as far back as we can get SMO to work. Um, <clears throat> we, we, we support PowerShell version 3 because PowerShell version 2 is not secure and, and shouldn't mm. be in your estate um it, it, it means there are additional um coding standards you need to think about when you're writing code because PowerShell version 3 code is is different once you get into the the, the weeds than, it, than yeah. for the later versions so that's the that's the base old version that we will support but going forward you know we recommend you go to windows powershell 5.1 oh slight name change there but windows mm. powershell 5.1 um and even better onto powershell core now powershell core is will run cross-platform and indeed the next version of powershell which will change its name again because you know microsoft likes to alter the names yes 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 it's going to be in fact sql servers one of the few products and guess the office family that haven't hmm. actually changed their name every five seconds but powershell um will become powershell again for version seven and version six and version seven are they're, they're cross-platform they will work on linux they will work on mac they'll work on windows in exactly the same way kinda hmm. um and dba tools will work exactly the same way on linux on mac and on windows kinda hmm. because um powershell core so version six it's um is going to enable you to access the things on the operating system that you can so right now there are some windows apis that um powershell core can't access so with dba tools i think we're we're something like 75 80 percent um, hmm. Yeah, I noted when I had a look at your book, you mentioned it was about 70 or 80% of the commands yeah. work on those OSs. So, um, and, it's, and it's pretty good. I, um, for uh, about three weeks last year, no, sorry, this year, um, my my Dell decided it was going to play the, the revolving blue screen of death game. Hmm. Um, and after a day and a half of trying to troubleshoot it, I went, crikey, I've got to go to work i've got to go to clients i've got presentations to give i'm going away uh, i need something um, and i pulled out an old um, dell laptop and just put ubuntu on it and literally put ubuntu on it put visual studio code on it and in effect had the same experience i literally for three weeks did everything i needed to do on mm -hmm. ubuntu 
partly because PowerShell Core, which I generally try and work with as much as possible, just did the same thing, cross-platform. Mm. And so the books, books out now, and so we said uh, learn DBA tools in a month of lunches. The folk from Manning uh, have offered a coupon code too, which is not just for that book. They said it's a permanent discount for anyone who listens to the podcast. So that's pod sequel du19 so podsqldu19 apparently is a, a discount code that should work for anything you want to buy from manning uh, so not not just specifically this book even though we uh, think that might, that might be a good idea so look encourage you to to try that out um one of the things i suppose uh, so how do users get involved in contributing with the tools so um, it's open source. So mm -hmm. you can go to GitHub. Um, easiest way to get there is dbatools.io slash GitHub. And that's going to get you to our GitHub page. And the best thing to do is to click on the issues tab. Now, an issue doesn't necessarily mean something's broken. An issue could mean, oh, it would be great if it did X. Yeah. Or how about how do we go about finding if it does that? Now, if something does go wrong, there are a set of um, uh, instructions that we've got there that, that are going to say, please, can you um, run this bit of code so that we know which version of PowerShell that you're on? Because as we've talked about, mm -hmm. it could be different operating systems, could be different versions, things are going to be different. Which version of SQL you're um, connecting to because again that's that's going to have some impact mm -hmm. on what it was you were trying to do give us give us the errors and the code will help you to do that and um by doing that it will enable us to 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 really um find out what is what is going on um but equally you can just go and say oh the documentation is missing here you know or this word is misspelled or i don't understand this phrase great let us know that you can help to just fix it. I wrote um, a blog post this week about how to fork a GitHub repository to your own repository, make some changes and create a PR and push them back. Mm. And all of those words sound really scary to, to make. But they're really so simple. Yeah, that's, that's the, the beauty of it. It's, a, it's one of the things I find kind of odd um, when I'm often in discussions in the SQL MVP group is that a lot of the people are, you know, obviously not used to uh, working with things like Git and pull requests and stuff like that. And there's a real hesitation among some people to even try and do anything like that. Like they'll talk about the, the issues in the documentation and the, they'll want someone, you know, they'll write down what the issues are and stuff. And I always am trying to say to them, just just go and make the change. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's really, you know, an excellent thing that they allow you to go in there and make contributions on that. And, uh, uh, just, yeah, just get used to it. And it's the same process. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm always willing to help point people in the, in the right way to do it. And as you said, the, the, the Microsoft documentation site is a perfect way to start. You see mm. something wrong, click that edit button on the top right and it will take you to the GitHub repository and you can then follow those instructions that I just talked about yeah. to, to make the changes. And, and then, then they end up, you've made that change. It's 
yeah. up there on the internet to help other people. No, which good. Is, you have so many little channels. Like I see it all the time. I'm reading things. And I think that's not right, you know. And you, <laughs> you, you just try and fix it. And yeah, it's, it's a. I think it's a really, really good thing. Um, it's funny, you know. I see people who think, oh, you know, like that's Microsoft's job. We, we shouldn't be writing their documentation for them. But it's it's not really like that. I mean, yes, you might be fixing problems, and yeah, it'd be great if they they found and fixed that. But the thing is, you can also enhance it significantly as well. And so, even if they have something there and it's correct, it might. If you didn't understand it when you first wrote, read it, maybe you can turn it into something that you would have understood. And then the next person coming along will, and yeah. I think that goes. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the the you know the sheer vast different number of instances and use cases and sizes that there is for SQL Server. It has that mm. effect in testing, which they cover as much as they can. But also in in documentation, because we will use it in different ways and in ways that people, um, you know, people who write the software would never think of. Mm. And of course you want good documentation for your products but this is you know we're we're in a world where everything moves forward really quickly and and as as a community and the sql community is is without doubts the 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 most um the most supportive and the most helpful one that that i know of um and yeah i'm lucky enough there, to there's be there's really nothing else like it anywhere else yeah yeah uh, it, it it's is part of that 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 culture that we have that it's like yeah we'll just go fix these fix this documentation mm. and keep making things better i think it's and i'm all for sharing and helping in the next person because i, I know when we talk about my uh, my my past as a dba i was sat next to andrew prisky and then he left me mm. i don't like to go on about it but he left me and <laughs> As well Wonderful. As, <laughs> as well as him leaving me, the other two DBAs also moved on, a couple of them within the organization and mm. a couple away. So then within seven or eight months of being a DBA, I was responsible for a couple of hundred Oracle instances mm. and a couple of hundred SQL instances and some Ingress and some other stuff. And I, quite frankly, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. No, and I did the very best that I could. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons I learned so quickly because I had to, and because I'm that sort of person who will just take that mm. challenge on and go for it. But the thing that helped me were, you know, were these people that I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to to shake the hands of. You know, um, Grant Fritchie, absolutely mm. without a doubt, Grant Fritchie um, was John Sampson, so yeah. a UK guy, um, and. Their blog posts in the beginning were the ones that, that gave me so much information. Mm. Um, and many of the other, you know, the people's names that you recognize um, mm. were the ones that... that helped All of whom me. are very approachable people too. That's, that's mm. another thing I should point out, you know. Um, that, you know, people shouldn't feel bad about, you know, approaching and asking. And most of these people are more than happy to, to tell, talk to you and help you out. It is a... A really nice aspect of the of the community. Hey, so listen, Rob. Where, uh, in terms of uh, shaking hands and things, where will people catch up with you? Any upcoming events? So uh, next, well, where are we? Yes. So next week, I will be um, heading off to my favourite SQL event of uh, December. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
in that I am going to Slovenia. And Slovenia is a fantastic place to be. It's a beautiful place to be. And mm. at Christmas time with the lights in Ljubljana, it, it will be amazing. So I shall be at Sequel Saturday Slovenia in December. And then... Uh, Who's organising that one? So that's uh, Mladen Pradic. Mladen Pradic, Lala. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, good bunch of guys. Yep. Good. Good, good bunch of guys, yeah. Uh, and then in uh, in next year, next year I shall be um, at SQL Conference at Darmstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be at SQL Bits, whether I'll be speaking or not depends on whether I'm accepted, but I shall be hmm. there with my orange shirt on for sure. Um, and um oh, other events i'm sure there will be other events where i will hmm. where i will turn up i've i've submitted to a, to a few there's so many events occur no that's good hey listen so thanks so much for taking the time and talking to us today rob oh it's more more my pleasure i absolutely love just having a conversation with with people about about technology about data about sql server hmm. it's been really good to talk to you magic thank you 